Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. Hello, everybody. We have Shantae on the show today. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me, ladies. We are super, super excited. Uh, it is it is rare that I fall in love with like, honestly, even as a mom, fall in love with like the Instagram and the product of things for kids and especially girls because I'm just like, just not a stuff type of people. Like we don't get a lot of things, especially for her. But I saw your Instagram and I was like, where have you been all my life? We met you, first of all, through Courtney Foster Donahue, mm-hmm. who is an amazing unicorn of a human being. Yes, she and is. And I saw your Instagram and I was like, holy shit, I need all of these things. And so uh, you guys definitely need to go check it out. We will provide all the links for you. But uh, outside of adorable hair bows and accessories and amazing, beautiful things for little girls that Penelope just rocks, uh, you kind of have a rocking business and to like know what you're doing over there and are like making amazing things happen. But it hasn't, That's this hasn't been your your thing all the time. This isn't what you really set out to actually do at the beginning of your, what am I going to be when I grow up? So talk to me about that. Right. So I graduated from law school in 2008. Um, honor graduate, law review, checked off all the boxes, worked hard mm-hmm. because all my life I've been competitive. I've always wanted to be the best and do the things that you're supposed to do. So because of that, I clerked for two years for a federal judge because that's what you know you do. And then I went to a private practice. I went to a law firm and because that's what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I did for about almost five years. And somewhere in the mix of that, I had, my husband and I had our first daughter, Zoe. And things were fine when I went back to work um, for about, you know, six months to a year. We had a nanny at home. So I felt comfortable with where she was. She was still in her own environment. And then work started to get a little bit more demanding. So in law firm life, the more the higher up you go, the more expectations to do things outside of work. There were conference calls before work started and then there were happy hours after work. And so it got to a place where I was like, well, when do I get to um, enjoy the salary that I make? When do I get to spend time with my family? I have this daughter at home and 
I just didn't start to see the benefit of it. Um, and randomly at the same time, um, I wanted to make hair bows for my daughter because I went, it was time for her one year old pictures. And I went and pulled out her drawer of full of bows and headbands that had ordered all up and down Etsy and in local stores in town, but they all looked alike. And I wanted something with like polka dots and some color and I couldn't find it anywhere online. So I just went to the fabric store and YouTube and decided I'm going to teach myself how to make hair bows. And so that's what Obviously. I did. Yeah, that's the thing you would do. <laughs> and I still remember the day my best friend was in my, in my office at home. And I said, I think I'm going to make hair bows. And she just looked at me like, with, with your free time, you're going to make hair bows. I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. Of course you are. Right. But what I learned was when you buy a yard of fabric, you, you get more than a hair bow. So I literally just said, well, I got to get rid of these somewhere. I was selling Zoe's like Zara boots that she wore like one time that I spent so much money on on Instagram because, you know, that's what you do when you have your first child. Um, so I had all these clothes that I was selling on Instagram of hers when she had outgrown them. And I said, well, I'll just put my bows up there. No name, no idea put them on Instagram, sold them. The first day I did that, everything sold. And people were like, when are you going to do more? And I was just kind of like, um, uh, I wasn't planning. On let it. me think about that. Right. Um, and so it just kind of became a thing. I would buy more fabric than I needed to make Zoe's bows and sell the rest on Instagram. And people would just keep coming back for more. And it was kind of unintentional, but I start to really love it. And it kind of became this game of what kind of cool fabrics can I you know, find to make bows with. And so from there kind of grew eventually because of Zoe Designs, which is my hair bow company. I love that. So did you actually turn your Instagram that was like your daughter's Instagram into your business Instagram? Okay. I did. It, That's yep. what I thought. It was Zoe's, it was <laughs> Zoe's Graham closet. I remember it. Um, and I remember the day I said, okay, first of all, I was, people would leave their email address and I would send them invoices. And so most of my time would be spent sending invoices. I'd be up to like three in the morning sending, you know, oh. 200 invoices, then waiting for the invoices to come back before I could make the order. And I said, this, this has to end. So I need a name so I can start a website, you know, so that way, it, and I just made the website, not thinking I'm going to start a business. It was just for logistics. So I don't have to send invoices. And so I said, well, I need a name. <laughs> For hair bows. That's the funniest sentence I've ever heard. I yeah. didn't start a website for a business just for logistics. <laughs> well, I was just like, I don't want to keep sending these invoices. So I created a website and I needed a name. And I'm like, well, I make these things because of Zoe. And there you go. Because And then I, at, because of Zoe, Zoe's Graham Closet turned to because of Zoe overnight. And I went with it. That's hilarious. So how long did you, were you double dipping in, in Etsy business or shop business and attorney life? Ooh, so I left the firm September 2015 and it was April 2014 when I had that first random, let me just put things up. Actually, if you go all the way to the bottom, the very first post, because I deleted everything before that, like all the clothes. Um, the very first post is April 24th, 2014, if I remember correctly. Wow. And that was that day that I was going to start that first sale. I will never remove that picture because I love yeah. having that there as my very first picture. And um, that was that very first day I just started putting pictures up there. And so I guess it was a little over a year. And I'm telling you, if you would have told me this two years ago, three years ago, I, it just would make absolutely no sense. My thought was, I'm going to be a lawyer until I'm a judge or until mm -hmm. I teach law school. Like this was my plan. It's who I was. And this just came completely out of left field. 
I love that. I love that you explored that. How do you keep the passion for something that like you just made on the side? Because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. when you have those things, like you're like, this is convenient. So I'm just going to keep doing it. But like, did you develop a passion for making hair bows? I did. I remember sitting at my desk at work and I had two screens on one screen. There'd be like, you know, a motion for summary judgment and on the other (laughs) fabric.com. And I'm like, let me just see. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, well, Valentine's is coming up. Let me see what kind of heart fabrics I can find. And that when I would do that, I'd be more excited about any anything else in the whole day. And so I realized um, the excitement of my customers and knowing that they were looking forward to what was new, them asking questions excited me and it made me want to offer them something new and different. And I even started Googling like, you know, fabric stores in Atlanta and Charlotte because I'm close to both cities. And, you know, can I go and find things that no one else has? That just made me so excited. And to this day, even though I'm slowly moving my hands out of the making and hopefully my goal is by the end of next year, I will be making no more of the product um, so that I can run the business um, and grow the business. But even to this day, the fabric sourcing, I still get so excited. I actually did a Facebook Live in our Facebook group this morning, showing them some of the fabrics, letting them vote for their favorite, helping me to name things. And that still excites me. And that's the thing I think that surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. I never would have considered myself as a creative. I thought I was a logical thinker, you know, just a typical litigator, I like the facts. I like to argue. I like to be right. I like to compete. <laughs> and I never thought of myself as a creative. So it was just really, I've learned so much about myself over the last two years. It's its kind of mind boggling. I love that. What an amazing like dynamic mother to show your daughter of both of those aspects of yourself. I love that. Yes, yes. I love that. This summer was her first summer home with me um, because her school runs like the school year. So they're out for the summer. And she was in my office most days. We kind of have a space over here where she has her Montessori mat. And I just thought about what she's going to remember because I remember being four and she's four. She's going to remember how happy mom was about what she does. I have a microphone that sits here on my desk and she comes over and she's like pretend that she says a lot of the things that I say when she sees me on calls or on the podcast. And so it's just so cool that she's picking that up and she asks to learn how to sew. And I say, what does mommy do? And she says, you make hair bows for girls and you help people. And it's just so cool that she gets to see that you can do whatever it is you want to do and and love it. And I think more than anything, that's the gift that entrepreneurship has given me. And it's the gift that I want for any and everyone who wants it and is willing to work for it because there's nothing like that. Like knowing how she's going to remember how she spent her summer watching mommy work, but really love it along the way, which is completely different from what she saw before. Absolutely. I like have the chills. I'm like, I love that. I love that. I love that you're factoring that in. So, okay, let's talk about, we have a lot of product people listening and we, uh, you know, in the, in the digital aspect over here at TCC, um, it's hard for us sometimes to be like, no, this is exactly like how you should kind of organize things and like build this business because physical products are a whole nother realm. Like you can hold it with your hands Mm -hmm tweak it, adjust it, make it perfect. So there are so many roadblocks, I think mostly mentally that a lot of our product-based business people face in order to grow and get out of their heads and get past all that junk to even like look at their business as an actual business. So 
Talk to me a little bit about that. You have some tactics for our listeners. Definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said actually thinking about it as a business. Even the way people refer to it, they say, oh, I have a shop or I have, you know, this thing I do or I make bows or, you know, I'm a crafter. And I just kind of think of the way in which you're positioning what you do. You own a business. You have a business. So you have to think like a business person. And I say this to so many people because I know sometimes people say, I just want to make things that I love. Well, that's great. Great, but mm-hmm. you also want to be paid for it. You want to be able to grow it if you'd like to, or if in the future you'd like to, you have to set yourself up for that now. So I knew yep. when I left the firm, I'm making 100% of these bows, but I can't do that forever. So I had to make sure my pricing was at a place where I could pay people and pay, you know, um, taxes. And so I had to look at that. I couldn't price it based on, you know, oh, I just made a few dollars a bow, you know, that couldn't be mm-hmm. it, or it wouldn't be a business that could grow and that could be sustainable. And that now employs other moms who are now at home doing what they love, which is making bows, you know? So the first thing is to recognize that you are actually building a business and it's not just making cute stuff or making stuff you love. That's a part of it. That's a gift, but you have to be really serious about what you're doing. And the one area I see people kind of fail to do that is with their pricing and having a pricing model mm-hmm. that takes into account everything, every piece and part that it costs to create that product. And then not only paying yourself if you're the one making it, but paying, you know, putting in there at some point, I'm probably going to have to pay someone else to do it. And you want to pay them well, because I want to pay my seamstresses very well, um, because I want them to do really good work. So I don't have to come back and ask them to re- redo it. Right. Um, so with pricing, I think where people struggle is they feel like, well, you know, I don't want to charge too much. But what I like to think of it is if you look at the value that you give your customer and this is beyond your product that should exceed the price and that's where the deal comes in the deal doesn't come in by giving them 10% off every order or tell them to use the hashtag it's Friday have a sale every Friday I don't have sales like 100% of the days Black Friday Cyber Monday I don't have sales and that's point blank and period. And it's because the way you get a deal by shopping with Because of Zoe is you're going to get top-notch customer service. Someone's going to respond to your questions. If you have a complaint, we're going to address it. You come to our Facebook community, you're going to have a community. You're going to get to share pictures of your daughters. You're going to have a place where you get to talk about the things that excite you. You have a t- quick turnaround. You, um, It's like those are the things that matter. That value, that customer experience, um, the relationships you're able to build. When I have a customer who just had a baby, I treat her like a friend. If she has a meal train, I ask to be put on it. If she is sick, I send her a card. If her child gets sick, I send flowers to the hospital. I create a separate fund in my business for that because I do that in my real life for my real friends. And so when you do things like that, that value makes it the deal. That's more than what the price is. The price is down here. Well, you can't see my hands, but um, the price is low, <laughs> but the value is high. And that's how you don't have to worry about that issue about, you know, I had a customer or not a customer, someone who was new, she placed her first order and she sent an email and said, you know, there are a lot of other cheaper bows out there. And I wrote her back and I said, you are so right. You are correct. There Mm -hmm. are. And here, this is how we do things. And I just explained to her, this is the value. This is the price. And, you know, I would love to have you as a customer, but I completely understand if that's not for you, because that's, which leads me to another thing with product-based business is you're not for everybody. 
You know, not not everybody oh, is Louis Vuitton. Not everybody is Chanel. Not everybody is Gap. Not everybody is Tom's. Right. There's something for everybody. But if you're trying to appeal to the masses and I love Marie Forleo, she says, if you're trying to talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Try to say it like she does. But it's very true <laughs> when you realize that it's OK if somebody doesn't want to buy my bows, because another thing about yes. what I do is probably the biggest niche of hand in the handmade world is hair bows. I mean, there are at least 15 to 20 hair bow shops, businesses that follow me every week on Instagram. They're always coming, coming, coming. And that's absolutely no problem to me because there's room for everyone at the table and I'm not for everybody. And I want people to find the place that is for them. But when you can accept that, you don't feel like you have to appease everybody and change aspects of your business and who you are to fit someone who may not even be for you. So I think that's another important part. And I literally could talk about this all day. So I'm going to pause in case (laughs) and let y'all talk because it is your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, So I want to go back to the people following you that are in your niche and like they're doing the same thing. I think so many people like their instant reaction is they like want to block them or hide them or like get them out because they're scared that someone's going to copy them and take away from the amazing things they're doing. And I'm sure because I've seen what you've been up to that like (laughs) People are like, I want to be more like Shantae, like, period. I want to run a shop more like her. And so how can you make that a positive experience instead of one that like makes you yeah, feel makes you fall apart? Yeah. So how do you accept when people kind of who do what you do want to follow you? The way I look at it is I truly believe, first of all, I don't know how many human beings are on the planet, but it's a lot. And there are a lot of little girls on the planet. And even on my best day with the best team, I can't make hair bows for every single person. But guess what? As a mom of a girl who, as soon as I found out it was a girl, was like buying all the hair bows and headbands, um, I know what that's like. And so I want that for every mom who wants that. And I know my bows aren't everyone's cup of tea. You know, just like the bows that I had, I was kind of outgrowing them. I wanted something different. And so realizing that it's, first of all, it's great that other people are finding a way to do something they love and make money doing it. Um, I don't want to hinder that from someone. If you want to do that on your own merit with your own talent and using your strengths, then I'm willing to not only cheer you on, but help you however I can, because I don't look at that as a threat. I look at that as a promise that this is something that's forever going to be growing and relevant. Um, So the way I look at it is I just view the person as another person trying to make it. And as long as that's done in a respectful manner, I think it's great because like I said, my bows aren't for everyone. Not everyone's going to like the way I do it. And my, my personality might not even be for everyone. And they may say, well, I just don't, something about her rubs me the wrong way. Perfectly fine. Please find someone who makes bows that you like because there's room. I honestly do believe there's room at the table for whomever is willing to do the work. That's the thing. And usually most of those places are gone within a year because I think a lot of people think it is just making a bow, putting it in a box and shipping it. And that is not a business. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than that. And so I think also, I know at some point, some people are going to fall by the wayside because they're they're seeing the end picture, but they don't know the work, like the true work behind the scenes that it takes to have to get to where I am today. And, you know, it's just, it's work. It is not pretty pictures on Instagram and that's the business. Not at all. Mm-mm. No. Before we got on the call, you had said something that 
I was like violently shaking my head up and down agreeing with you about, uh, you had said something about how everyone pays, especially in physical product-based businesses, you look at your product as the only thing in your business that you have to tweak and perfect and make different in order to succeed. And you said something like, really, at the end of the day, it's not about the bows. It's not about the product at all. It's about everything else. And so I know you touched on that with your experience that you're providing for your customers, but what else does that look like for you in in the way that you make decisions every day in your business? for the first part of that, what I what I mean is sometimes I think people get so bogged down at looking at their product, they don't think about why does this product actually matter? Because at the end of the day, I'm not curing cancer. I make hair bows, right? But that does matter in, in a big picture to someone. For instance, I like to think of why does it matter to a mom that she's going to get a hair bow? Well, because this could be her rainbow child. This could be the daughter she's always prayed for and wanted. This could be um, the bow her daughter wears when she takes her four steps. And so for me, I think about why does it matter? Why, why does what you do, what you make, why does that matter? And that's the story you need to be telling in your ad copy or in your, your website and your images that you use. You need to be touching on that. So it's not going to be a lot of pictures of just product, 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 but maybe a family using the product because that's what's going to resonate because buying is not logical at all. It's emotional. And so if you don't know what tugs the heartstrings of your audience, you're not going to really succeed as much as you can. And in order to do that, you have to go beyond the actual thing and want to know why does that matter in the lives of people? Because everything we sell matters to people and at a level that's deeper than I think we even recognize, you know? Um, And so when you can think about it that way, I think it helps you to move beyond, uh, I just make cute things, right? It's because it's more than that. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing. Um, And also when you rise above that, you realize that you need to be creating um, experiences and creating pictures to really help your customer, your audience envision themselves right there with your product. And that makes selling really easy because you just create the picture and people just want to put themselves in it in order to put yourself in it. Come to my website, you can get the thing, right? But it's not focusing on the thing. So it's kind of like in order to focus on the thing, you have to not focus on it. And subliminally kind of put people in that environment. And when you can do that, Mm -hmm. I think that's where people really find success with a product-based business is when they make it about something much bigger than the actual product. What is it that you're really selling? I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market ship, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. 
Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I think to figure out how you can touch on that, like obviously get to know your customers, get to know the, the purpose of your product, but find the thing in your own house, walk around your house. And what are the things that really bring those emotional ties outside of you? For me, it's my coffee mugs. I have an obsession with coffee mugs. I buy them for monumental events. I buy them when we're traveling. I drink them mm -hmm. when I feel certain ways. I pick, I dig out and find a certain one based off my yep. mood that day. Like there, I'm very in tune with my coffee mugs and if I can capture that feeling for someone else, for anything else that I'm going to sell, that's what I need mm -hmm. to be focusing on. So find what it is for you that does that and really tap into, okay, like, why am I making the decision to pick up that shirt today or that coffee mug or use this notepad, whatever it is, and then rework that yep, for your own absolutely. stuff. So I've been sitting here and absorbing this. I don't even have a child and I've like been nearly in tears like four times because I'm just <laughs> like, what you're saying is so powerful. And I, you know, it, these things matter to people and these, these things that we put in their lives, like, yes, they're things like mm -hmm. people can touch them and feel them or whatever, but they mean something. It's like, oh, well, if I, I got this because, you know, X, Y, Z. And like you walk by things in your home and they, they bring about an emotion for you, mm -hmm. even if mm -hmm. it's subliminal. Like, oh, like sometimes there's just, frankly, I'm at home. Like I feel home and mm -hmm. like that's a feeling in and of itself. Now, speaking of feelings and sayings and all of this, I've been eyeing this this quote that's behind you on the wall and you guys can't see it, but I can see it. And it says, maximize your limits. So talk to me about what that phrase means to you. Cause I have a feeling if it's in your life, it, there's a reason. <laughs> I forgot that was back there. Um, yeah. So every week or sometimes every two weeks or so, I change the saying behind myself to kind of, it's either what I need to remember a word or phrase. And so for maximize your limits, I think sometimes when you focus on things that feel like limitations, money, time, talent, resources, then all you feel is limited. But you can do so much with the time that you have or whatever that limitation or what feels like a limit. You can maximize, get the most out of it. For me, right now, it's time. I went from, so when I left the firm in September 2015, Zoe was at a school that went way late in the evenings, like six o'clock, and Troy picked her up, Troy, my husband. And so I would have a 10-hour workday working on one business. But 
I didn't get as much done as I do now. She's at a different school and she gets out at three. She could go to stay late. But I remember telling my husband, even when we were in college, when, when we have children, I want to be able to pick them up after school. I want to pick them up because that gives me time to hear about their day, for them to decompress, for us to cook together or do something together. I just wanted that. Um, and no shade to anyone who can't because my mom couldn't. Um, I didn't. Yeah. My mom couldn't. That's Absolutely. Why I right. To. Yeah. I was left outside of school. Oh, late I was always the often. last to picked up. And I love my mom. My mom was amazing, okay. is amazing. But I knew just, I knew what I wanted. Yeah. Right. And so now my work day yes. is five and a half hours. She gets dropped off at 8 30. I'm at my desk at nine. And I have till 2 30 when my alarm goes off and says, time to go pick Zoe up from school. And her love language yeah. is quality time. So I have a child who we could spend the whole day together. And we have done this as a family. We went out, we went for a four hour hike one Saturday. When we came home, Zoe says, can we have some family time now that we're home? And we're like, we went on a four hour right just in the car we drove to the mountains and but her love language is quality time so I have to make sure that I speak that because I understand that's how she perceives receives and expresses love and so to me that's important yeah and so what I have to do is maximize the time I have I don't focus on say I only have five and a half hours before I have to pick up Zoe and somewhere in there I have to eat right um so five hour work day (laughs) but I get more done now in these five hours than I did when I had 10 because I've learned to maximize my limits. Whatever feels like a limit, I'm saying you're not a limit. You're a challenge and let me see how much I can do. And so that's why I have that back there for maximizing whatever that limit feels like in your life. You can maximize it. You can get the most out of it. You just have to view it that way and then be intentional with your time. I need a little bit of you every day in my life because you make me feel really... Uh, Yay! I agree. I'm like, how can I have more Shantae hang out the red? We'll have a we'll have a phone call. Yeah, we'll have I a like weekly it. chat. I like it. Um, okay, let's redirect and let's switch some gears and let's talk about Instagram for a second. So yes. you use Instagram way differently at the beginning of your business than you do now. Absolutely. Let me talk. Yes. Let's talk about that transition and how you treat it now. Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. So when I started, like I said, Instagram was my life. That is how I made the money and did the thing. I would sell literally on Instagram. And then I moved to a website, but I was still using Instagram 100%. I didn't have an email list. I didn't even know what an email list was. <laughs> um, no one told me this goodness, right? Um, and then the year before I left the firm or the year when I left the firm, when I told my husband, the last string was... Um, we were on vacation to see my niece and nephew who I hadn't seen in three years. And I spent part of the drive to Orlando under a blanket on a conference call so that they couldn't hear Zoe. And then the mornings I would have to get up early. And so it was like the last string. And so that's when I got really serious about my business. And that's when I learned, oh, I need an email address. Like I need an email list. Mm -hmm. And so like kind of that thing put me into like business mode. Like you've got to get out of here. And what I realized was, my hope can't be on Instagram because Instagram can change the algorithm, Mm, (laughs) right? Instagram can make it so that people can't see me. My account could be deleted and all of my eggs were in the Instagram basket, right? So I learned that 
I couldn't use, I, and I tell people this, I said people were using particularly product-based business, using Instagram as a crutch as opposed to a springboard. And what I mean by that is rather than depending on Instagram to be the only way you can talk to your audience, the only way you can communicate to your audience, how about using it as a springboard to get mm-hmm. them from there yes. to somewhere else that matters, yes. particularly on your email list. And so once I learned that, I completely changed the way I used and looked at Instagram. I would spend so much time, I think I posted at least three to five times every single single day during the week on Instagram just to make sure I was relevant and to share what was going on. Now I spend less than, you know, three to five minutes mm-hmm. with Instagram, particularly right now because um, Facebook groups is for me Where it's has the best return on investment. Exactly. Yep. Um, and so what I do is I have my assistant. Um, she's in charge of getting free bows out to photographers with daughters or um, we get good pictures and we just load them up in Planoly and write a cute caption and call it a day. That's pretty much Instagram. And it's so different from how I looked at it before. Instagram felt like my all in all. And if I had let that be my all in all with the way Instagram is in 2017, I'd be broken broke. You wouldn't have a business. Right. So I had to understand that you can't use Instagram or really any one thing as to be your all in all, especially something that you don't own. Because if Instagram goes away, I have all those people's email addresses. I can contact them. I use it enough. So they're used to hearing from me. And so it's just, it shifted the way I thought about Instagram. I was relying on it way too much. And I always tell people who tell me when they're telling me their goals and they say their goals to grow their Instagram following, my question is why? Uh, me too. I want you to give, give me a question that links back to income why? or impact. Yes. Because if it doesn't lead to income or impact, we need to fix it. You need, you need a new goal, right? There is, and yet no one has ever given mm-hmm. me an answer why it will lead to income or impact in their business because it's just, it's a vanity thing. And really I make more now, not even focusing on Instagram. So I'm kind of like, same, right? Yeah. When I heard you guys do your thing and you saw, well, the numbers are going down, but the income's going up. So I'm okay with that. That's exactly how <laughs> I feel. I mean, if the numbers are going, if the income is going up, everything else is fine with me. Yeah. So with that being said, I want to go back a, just like a smidge, uh, just a smidge, sure. because I know as someone, uh, Emily and I both decided to start other businesses on top of this one. And so now we're at the beginning stages and I'm sitting here and you're talking, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, literally all my eggs are on Facebook. Every single egg, uh-huh. my entire uh-huh. egg. Like, I mean, I have an Instagram. I have an Instagram. But it's not like that's not where I'm selling. That's not what's happening. And I'm like sitting here and I know, obviously, like I've grown TCC to be a multiple six figure business. I know how to run a business. But talk to me about getting in the mindset that I need to start doing those other things because I'm like, I can wait on an email list. I don't need one right now. We're both yeah. doing that. <laughs> right. And yeah. I did it for so long. I, I, I actually hate to think if I started an email list from day oh, one, no. what that would look like. I try not to think about it because then I'll just be so mad at myself. <laughs> but I think you have to just, and I just get, I'm pretty good at being real with myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and others. <laughs> um, and my husband says too much, but yeah, I, um, you know, right, right. I just, Hey, everybody needs a little honest, a little tough love in their lives, <laughs> but I tell myself, okay, literally what will happen if everything, if it hits the fan yep. and it's gone, 
Yep. And that's how I thought. And when I thought about that, especially it was so around the time I started my list was around the time there were rumors that Instagram was going to change the algorithm and people were freaking. I know several um, small businesses that just shut down and, mm-hmm. and people were posting, well, I'm closing my shop. I'm going to start selling the rest of my stuff. I'm going to go work at Target. I'm going to go get a job. They just freaked out. Right. And I was like, so rather than freak out, how about we come up with a plan? Because this is not a, you know, we know that it's coming. You see the train coming, you have time to get yep. off the tracks, right? Yep. And so that's the thing. The first thing I would say is you have time to get off the tracks, but not a lot of time. Exactly. So open, you know, open that group and convert kid and yep. start that little thing and say, I'm going to start getting people on my email list because you know, you know, um, that that's yours, right? You control that communication between you and your audience, yep. not Facebook, not Instagram, not Periscope, not Snapchat, not oh, Pinterest, right? I know, right? Remember that thing called Periscope? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, and that's another thing, just realizing that you have to be able to ebb and flow because I remember when Periscope was the jam and, you know, and like you said, Periscope who? That, I think I just recently deleted that app because I was tired of hearing that little whistle and I was like, who am I even following? (laughs) I'm like, who am I following that actually still uses this? Um, So yeah, I just think that's the first thing is to tell yourself, okay, I see the train is coming. I need to get off the tracks. And so I need to think of other ways that I can ensure that I'm talking to my audience. I'm growing my audience. I'm communicating my brand. I'm telling my story in more than just one place, because there are also going to be people who are more likely to listen via email than on Facebook or over here, you know? So I think that's the thing um, I tell myself, um, just try not to keep my eggs in one basket. And even now, um, one of the things I have my um, assistant working on is I bought a Pinterest course and I have her taking that so yes. that we can start growing Pinterest because we yes. have neglected Pinterest. Because I believe in working on one, focusing on one thing at one time, yeah. you know, making that excellent and then tackle the next, right? And so that's something I hadn't, I've never really used that for Because of Zoe. And I'm like, why haven't I? Um, but now- yeah, what? I mean, I will right, talk right. you into it. Why haven't I? <laughs> Um, yeah, so she, oh, I have already sent her a link to things off you, you guys' um, blog about Tailwind and all this great stuff. So I was oh, like, yes, please girl. read this article and anything else they say, we can trust them. You don't have to run reading anything they say by me. <laughs> and so I've sent her to y'all's um, website and say, just Google Pinterest and read what they say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're working on that. We're building that up, trying to get it ready. Um, and so, but it's kind of like realizing now I need to, you know, use these other things that are there yeah. for me. But yeah, you have to realize it. Diversify. Exactly. Just like you yes. would do with your investments. You wouldn't put them all in Home Depot. Absolutely. Spread it out, right? All in Home well, and Depot. And it's exactly what we also... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta spread it out. Put some in Ford. <laughs> some in Honda. <laughs> oh my God. Diversify. Well, it's, it's what we also tell our students when you're learning as yeah. well. Like when everyone was shutting down their Facebook groups and yeah. everyone freaked mm-hmm. out and came to us like, whether you're using that platform to learn and grow or you're using that platform to, to sell and grow, you're using it as a crutch in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And and it's either working for you or it isn't working for you. And if that thing disappears tomorrow, like what is your plan of action? What is your plan of attack to diversify and figure something else out? Because it's not all promised for us. And I also like reminding, I feel like I have to do this every day, reminding people that Instagram is still free for small business owners. You were able to start and leverage the success of an amazing business off of a free platform. So like, thank you for letting me do that. And now Mm -hmm. I'm going to be smart and utilize my other tools right now. Absolutely. It's not the end of the world that it's not working anymore. It did its job. 
Yes, exactly. It started, it kind of gave me a place to start and to grow an audience. But then I realized I can't just rest here because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to leave with the comfort that I was if I had done that. If I had just stayed and just relied on Instagram, I wouldn't have gone to the, to the next place where I needed it because of Zoe to go. Yeah. Yeah. Super smart girl. You got it. You got it. <laughs> well, I do want to ask you one more thing before we go into talk strategy sure. to me. And it's a very specific strategy because I know I know you've taken a course on Facebook ads. So I'm gonna guess <laughs> that you've tried some Facebook ads. And we don't have very many people that I personally know that run a product-based business and have gone that route. So talk to me specifically about real quickly, Facebook ad strategy for product-based businesses. Sure. And I'm still perfecting this, but here's what has worked so far. Um, So what I like to do is I like to test um, because some people are more drawn to product pictures and some are more drawn to seeing the product in use. But for me, because my product is like probably the smallest thing on the person, I have to be careful that people don't think it's an ad for a dress or for an activity or for the toy that the girl is playing with. It's for the bow. So first of all, you have to be very careful about what product or what photos you're going to use. If you want to use a picture of your product and use, make sure it's a picture of the product where your product is prominent or it's pretty clear this is the thing, the thing I want you to focus on because before people read your copy, they're going to look at the picture and you want them to look at the picture and not say, oh, I wonder where that dress is from. I want them to see the bow. So that's just the first thing I had to learn when I was split testing with, you know, okay, do I want, so I would run the same ad with the same copy, but the only difference would be one would be a picture of just the product on a white background um, and and the other would be that product in use on a little girl and to see which one or which audience liked which better. So I would run it to, you know, like Land of Nod and, you know, Potty Barn Kids and see how those audiences relate. And then from there, you, you're going to create your warm audience from people who are kind of engaging with that. Um, it's a little harder because video isn't huge for product-based businesses unless you do well, like um, the making of something, I guess you could do because videos... What I'm picturing <laughs> is... Like, remember those Apple commercials last year when they were, the kid was shooting the video on his iPhone and then it was like the holidays and he showed the video to his family afterwards. And they're like, Mm -hmm. this was made on an iPhone. They're like selling that experience, that idea. I'm literally going back to you earlier talking about, she took her first steps wearing this bow. It was her birthday. This is my rainbow baby. What is your documentary commercial that feature your bows, but you're selling the experience. I'm like, huh. So are you reading my 2018 list of things? Right? Yes, you are. Right. So here's what I actually planned um, on hiring a team of videographers. And I want to put together just a really nice kind of commercial for Because of Zoe. And in that you're going to see first steps, you're going to see the bow that because a lot of moms say your headbands are the only ones that fit when she actually was born like at the hospital so I have tons of little girls wearing my headbands because the other ones are bigger um when they come home and so having a montage being in the nursery and then showing like double dutch so it's kind of show the the evolution of the age of the girl and the bow and so I'm actually working on that is a 2018 huge 2018 goal and I can't wait you're gonna see it all over Facebook (laughs) every time when it's done when I served ads for my friends. I'm like, oh, good job. I like this. I love seeing this ad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Right, right. So yeah, that is something that is in the works for 2018. Because I think video I well, I just know video works so well. And it's yes. easier to create a warmer audience um, with that, yes. that that's something that I know I'm going to need to do because it's different. I can't show my face. I could show my face and hold a bow. But 
that's not really right. going to work. So right. that's right. kind of a big thing. So I think for product-based businesses also to think, how can you use ads? I mean, videos mm-hmm. in your ads, because that's just going to make it a lot easier. It'll be cheaper too, to build a yeah. warm audience to then come back. And then you may want to target them with the pictures because now they know who you are. They've seen yeah. that image. They recognize the name and it won't cost you as much. But, you know, mm-hmm. I did not run an ad until I took that Facebook course because oh, I don't yeah. want to mm-hmm. waste money. And I'm so glad because you have to have a strategy. And also that's another thing. Please do not run an ad and just say, I'm just going to post this picture and see what happens. You have to know why you're doing it, why you're using that picture, why you're using those words for this audience, because this audience thinks differently from that one. I know that my pottery bar mom's going to want to look at more of a blush pink. And I know that the land of nod wants something more modern. So even the audience and the type of picture or type of bow I use is strategic because you have to know what that person is. What are they putting in their home? What's in their nursery? What are the clothes their child is, is wearing, right? So if I know Zara is coming out with something and this is their color of the year, I'm going to put bows that are within that color of the year. So people say, oh my gosh, that matches whatever. That yeah. she's gonna, so you have to be strategic with the audience that you're targeting and the product that you're sharing and how you're sharing, what type of image you're sharing for that with that. Does that make that sense? That could be a whole episode. And Seriously. I want for going into 2018, after you perfect your commercial and then like it's a million dollar bow business, <laughs> we're going to come back on and you're going to talk about it all because I'm like, that is going to go like hotcakes. From your mouth to God's ears, I accept that. <laughs> it's a done deal. I'll fly and we can do that one live. I'll come up there. I can afford it then. <laughs> Well, let's head into talk strategy yes. today, shall we? Yes. Okay. So all of that, we just threw our product-based people a lot of things, a lot of do's, a lot of don'ts. So let's kind of like wind it down. Let's, let's go back to three to five action steps where they can kind of like touch base with a couple of different points for them to start asking deeper questions about that avenue in their business or really thinking further about a strategy. Excellent. Okay. I think the first thing I want them to start with is look at their product and ask, why does this product matter? Why does it matter in the life of my customer? Why are they really buying this? What is what is the story? You know, where are they going to use it? Is it a gift for someone else? Um, in what environment will it be used? Not only is that helpful so that you can start to really put yourself in the mindset and in the place of your audience, it's going to help you when you're creating imagery with your words, when you are deciding on what photos you want to use in ads or on social media or in your emails or on your website. Those are so important. They have to relate and resonate to your audience. So the first thing I want them to do is to ask yourself, why does my product matter to my customer? What is this really doing for their life? What is it really adding to their life? How is their life different when they have my product in their hands? And when you start there, I think you'll kind of move back and look at your business at a more higher level than just thinking, I make X, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I want you to ask yourself, what value, intangible values are you adding to your audience? Um you know, whether it's customer service, your turnaround, um, what's your policy on, you know, making sure that you uphold the quality of your item if it is shipped to them and something's wrong with it. How do you handle that? What wording do you use? I hope you're not using the same, you know, retyping emails that you have a system in place so that you already have a response that is very well articulated on how to respond to different issues, especially issues that you see come up time and time again. And in fact, if you see those issues time and time again, what is something you can do on the front end to fix that and then communicate that to your audience? So whenever I notice I had the same type of thing come up, whether it's a complaint or a praise, 
please. I then re- I spoke that back to my audience to let them know I'm hearing you say that, you know, you like you like the short turnaround to be a little bit shorter. So here's what I'm going to do. What I did was I raised my prices. I never said I raised my prices. I just raised my prices. And I said, here's all the things I can do for you. So rather than focusing on the fact that I raised the prices, I focused on here's all this value. First of all, now you're going to get free shipping over $35. I picked a threshold that the shipping wouldn't you know, you wouldn't feel that. So what can, can you add free shipping at a certain amount? Number two, mm-hmm. I've shortened your turnaround time. Number three, I now have someone who's going to be able to get to your emails quicker, faster. You can email us here. Number four, we have a Facebook community where you can come in and talk, share pictures with your daughters. Ask, you know, what are you pairing with this? What bows are you going to get for the release? What are you most excited about? Talk to me. I'm in there on Facebook Live at least once a week in my group, in my community. So think of those things that you can do and make sure you're surveying your audience at the same time time, I survey my audience twice a year in June and November or December. And every year I am amazed that when I ask people what their favorite thing is or what they don't want to see change because of Zoe, they say it's Shantae. It's the fact that she created a community where I feel like I'm in a room of moms who get that I love bows so much. And I'm always amazed. They talk about the quality of the bows. But when I read that for the first time, I I was dumbfounded. I had no Mm -hmm. idea that but it makes so sense because we're all human and we relate one to another, particularly, you know, women and particularly moms and talking about our daughters. Right. So the fact mm-hmm. that I learned that that helped me to know my presence adds value. So I'm going to make sure my presence is in there in the group. I'm responding to every single picture. I don't want to miss a picture that I don't respond to every weekend we do on weekends. We wear bars because that's usually when people have more time and everyone shares their weekend pictures and then wearing their bars. And I'm in there saying, oh, I love that. She's getting so big. She's growing up. What great is she in now? Oh my gosh, I remember when she was a baby, right? But that's value. There's And everybody can do that, even if not through a Facebook group, because I understand that's not for everybody. But think of the ways that you can add value so that the price is not even up for discussion because people feel like, I just want to be in this company's, in this brand's presence, right? And again, it's not about the product anymore. Um, So that would be number two. Number three would be, um, I always have to remind myself, especially because of what I make, that I am my biggest competition. I want to outdo myself every launch. I try to find better fabrics. I try to find more exciting things. I try to get my audience more pumped up. And I always feel like, can I get them any more excited? And I can. And that's that's kind of the challenge for me, which I love. I told you guys I was competitive, but I compete with myself. I don't look over at bow company A, B, or C and how they're doing it and what they're doing and that they may be doing this, that's fine and well. I stay in my own lane and I suggest everyone does that. You are your biggest competition. Just try to outdo yourself and I think you'll be all the better for it. But let the comparison go because it will slow you down or it will completely derail you. One of the two, not any, not not C or C, the all of the above, right? Um, right. Um, and I think the fourth thing I would say is just don't sell yourself short, product-based business owners. Um, yes, you get to make things you love. Yes, that's um, that's something that you like to do, but it's beyond that. It's a business. You are a business. Treat yourself like that. Make sure you're paying yourself and your business because that's the only way you can grow and do better things, right? And when you can do those better things, you become more remarkable. When you become more remarkable, people are talking about you. And at some point, the marketing is being done on its own for you. So you have to remember that you are a business and it's not just about making cute things that you love. That's 1% of what we do as product-based business owners. So those would be my first four things for people to start with. I love it. That was incredible. Thank you. (laughs) So how about you tell everyone where they can um, hang out with you online and go check out 
everything that you're offering. Absolutely. So if you want to check out our bows, we're at Because of Zoe on Instagram. And um, our Facebook community is bodscommunity.com and it'll take you right there. And if you want to find me, I'm at Shante Grant on Instagram. Um, and that's probably the best place to find me there. And yeah, I'd love to hang out with you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.